Welcome to Good Enough-ish. I'm Brooke Forey. And I'm Amanda Jefferson. We are two organization-loving friends sharing tips, strategies, real-life experiences, and fails of trying to be good enough-ish at everything we juggle in life. I own Indigo Organizing. I help busy people simplify their lives at home and at work. I co-own Curious & Company Creative, a branding design firm, and I created the Balance Bound Planner that helps you get organized and prioritize self-care. You can find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish, and you can find the show notes over at goodenoughish.com. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498. So let's start the show. Let's do it. Hi there. Hi. How are you, Amanda? I am good. How are you? I am doing well. You just had to remind me the name of the special plaid that pops up at this time of year, the Mm -hmm. buffalo plaid, the red and black, because Junebug is wearing her little buffalo plaid sweater. I mean, it feels like a lifetime ago that the three of us, (laughs) me, you, and Junie, took a picture in our matching buffalo plaid. We did. We did a little Christmas card. It was maybe, it was was pretty, pretty up there with the cheese factor, but it was... It was a delight. So I'm going to have to break out the buffalo plaid again soon. We need that to happen again. And we just keep on calling her Christmas puppy because she's just like, I'm like, Isabel, I got you a Christmas puppy. (laughs) (laughs) Because she just looks like a totally different dog. She's so cute. And is that your way of saying like, this is your only gift (laughs) this year? Got you this Christmas puppy that we already had. No Uggs. That's another thing, Brooke. She wants Uggs. Graham, Graham wants Crocs. The Crocs are in for the tween boys. But you know how I feel about Uggs, I Brooke. do know. It's like her asking me. It's like, it. I'm like, wow. I'm yeah. going to have them. They're going to be in my house. They're going to be in my house. Is it like, would you rather her ask for like some sort of piercing or Uggs? Like, do we have to look at it that way? The Uggs are at least slightly better? Yeah. No, okay. I think you're right. That's okay. better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the way you feel about Uggs is how I feel about Crocs, but mm, mm, it's what mm. the kids are wearing and my kid's feet continue to grow and he needs new shoes anyway. So I'm like, I guess we're getting Crocs. Yeah. Isabel does have Crocs. I don't have an aversion to Crocs as I do to Uggs, but I got to tell you, now that we've entered this whole like lace up shoe phase of you know, Converse and she's got the Nike Dunks or whatever the heck they're called. It takes her 17 hours to put on the lace ups. So I'm loving those Crocs sometimes where I'm like, nope, let's just, let's just wrap this up. Let's just get moving. And the the Crocs the same thing. That is a good point. Quick, quick and easy. Make it easy. That's an excellent point. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, it's Ugg season for you over there. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. it's shoulder pad. Um, shoulder heating, not shoulder pad, (laughs) different. That's the different shoulder heating pad season. Remember I've talked about my heating pad that I got last year that fits like a cape and it snaps on. (laughs) Been wearing that bad boy at night while I'm watching my shows before I go to sleep. And it is still as delightful as ever. (sighs) We'll link to it in the show notes. Um, yeah, it's, it's shoulder heating pad season here. It's, trying to do my nails weekly season because my hands get to be such a mess during this time of year, like packing orders and unpacking boxes and all the, all the planner season stuff. I'm like, I'm trying to treat myself well. Um, and so far I feel like usually by this time of year, I feel absolutely exhausted with planner season. So I'm really thanking my past self mm. for saying no to all of like the market oh, opportunities the this year. Markets. You would have been like running around like a crazy person. Yeah. And like this weekend it was rainy on Sunday and I'm like, thank goodness I did not have myself signed up for some market that would have involved carting all the goods and the, you know, all the stuff yes. and peopling for several hours at a time. Oof, um, the you know, peopling. peopling on top of like the manual labor of setting up a market. It's so much. So I'm still, you know, I'm trying to take care of my body and my nails and, and all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, but super glad, super grateful to my past self. Yes. Yeah. 
I feel like to peopling is hard when it's dark outside. I feel like when it's dark, like we should like people shouldn't talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? We should be like, okay, everybody just go inside of your homes, put on your shoulder heating pad. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need to talk. It's well, do dark. We need to talk inside of our homes too? I mean, I would prefer no. No, nobody talks to me after dark. I don't think anybody. Yeah, like I guess around like 4, 15 p.m. Quiet hours. Quiet. Yeah, because it's kind of like our campsites, you know, at like 10 p.m. When we go camping, it's quiet hours. Yeah. So I think now quiet hours could begin around like 4.22 p.m. Yeah. at sunset. <laughs> I know you and I met up on Saturday <laughs> for a little quick little... Uh, we had to go to the bank one more time. Always a delight. They love us there. It's so great. And like we ended Maybe up at we Panera. Maybe record at TD Bank. I know. <laughs> well, and the people there are so nice. Like, I don't they know. They are. You make friends everywhere you go. I had worked with this teller before like another time. She was a delight. delight. She called me dear, which I'm pretty sure I'm at least 10 or 15 years older than her. But someone calling me dear makes me feel young. Yeah. Like, oh, let me get that for you, dear. I enjoy it. Yeah. Anyway, you and I ended up at Panera. We did a little quick little co-working and I had to leave at like 3.30 to go pick Graham up. And you're like, well, it's going to be dark soon anyway. So, which is honestly the truth. The yeah. sun, I think you looked it up. The sun was setting at like 4.40. Yeah. Because Isabel just got a Nerf gun, which is pretty fun. I got to say, mm-hmm. Isabel had just gotten a Nerf gun and I had promised her that like, it's kind of hard to shoot the Nerf gun inside the house. <laughs> so I had promised her that we would go outside and do some Nerf gun practice. We even <laughs> want to set up like a little table with like empty soda cans and there stuff and see like what she can hit. Yeah. But, um, it was funny because I did get, I stayed at Panera a little later than you did. And then I got home at like four and the sun was going down mm-hmm. and by the minute it was getting real hard to find the bullets, the Nerf bullets. <laughs> Um, so yes, it, it was sundown, and then I was like, okay, great. The sun just went down. PJs, no talking today. <laughs> no, and don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Nope. Yeah, yeah. it's also unfortunately like the season of sick over here. Mm. I don't know how you guys are holding up, but mm. I don't think I mentioned. Um, like we talked about Thanksgiving last week, and we had a lovely, like, relaxing time. Graham and I were also at urgent care on Thanksgiving <laughs> because he had strep, um, yes. which I like knew the second he was like, my, my throat hurts and he was real lethargic. I'm like, yep, let's get in the car. Let's go to that urgent care. Um, he had strep. He just got over it. I took Paige to urgent care this Saturday night because she had a scratchy throat and I was, I figured, okay, well, you've got it now too. The strep test actually came back negative. So we were mm-hmm. good there. Just mm-hmm. $75 poorer. Um, and then this morning she woke up with pink eye. So, you know, (laughs) we've already been to the doctor. We've already got the eye drops in. She's, she's home today watching a movie. It's just, so wait, when can they go back to school with pink eye? How long, like what's the symptoms thing? Fortunately with both strep and pink eye, once you've had two doses of the medication, so like 24 hours, you can go back to your normal life. So with Graham, he didn't have to miss any school because school was already closed for Thanksgiving. And with Paige, she's just missing this one day. And then she'll be back at it tomorrow, which is important because this week is the Scholastic Book Fair. And like that is, I mean, I get excited for the Scholastic Book Fair. So if you're a child, even, you know, it's more exciting. Yeah, Isabel had last week the holiday gift fair where she gets to pick out the little presents for the family members. And she brought back a little item that has been real popular around here, which is tic-tac-toe basketball. So it's basically, imagine like the hoop of the basketball is a tic-tac-toe grid Mm -hmm. and there's five pink balls and five orange balls and a little catapult and you're trying to catapult the ball and get tic-tac-toe which is real hard yeah it sounds it but it's been a lot of fun did she get it for herself or she got it for dad for fernando nice but not waiting until christmas to give it to him oh no No. (laughs) that would just be silly no she was like do you guys want to open your gifts now? I mean, like, you can wait if you want, but, no. like, no. no. We all opened them already. Oh, my gosh. Christmas morning is <laughs> going to be a real bummer over there. Like, well, we've already opened all of our gifts. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah, we've, um, you know that, well, you and I are going to see the Indigo, Girl, Indigo Girls this week. We're super excited. We'll come Which back. Which feels strange because it will be dark outside, So, I, but I will go out. You will go out. We will speak yes. to each other in the car, <laughs> yes. hopefully. Yes. It'd be kind of weird if we were just like, hi, good to see you, silence. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I'm so I'm super excited about that. We'll have a full report next week, but I've also just realized maybe I'm being a little too quick to jump on like tickets to performances lately. Mm -hmm. Um, we know that, you know, experiences like that, um, performances, shows, concerts, theater are all things that I really, really miss during COVID. And so I value them even more than ever. Yeah. But like, um, it's like you're over, you're over correcting a, a, a bit. little trigger happy. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday morning, Nick and I were watching CBS Sunday morning, our favorite show. And there was a commercial for the Rolling Stones that are coming to Philly. And like, that's Nick's ultimate favorite band. I was like, mm. oh my gosh, you have to go. And it says, you know, tickets still available. I'm like, you have to go. I'm like, let's be honest. This could be your last chance. <laughs> <laughs> Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, like they're, right. they're getting up there and he swears that Keith Richards will outlive them all. But, uh, if you know anything about the Rolling Stones, you know, he, you know, he's, you know, he's put some miles on that body. He's put mm-hmm. some miles on, but, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, you gotta go. So I'm on, I'm on Ticketmaster. I'm looking at StubHub. I'm like, look, it, it's totally reasonable. I'm going to get you two tickets. Like, Because boom. once you've been in the Taylor Swift universe of like paying that much money, you're like, look at this. This is nothing. Right. And I look Cheap. at it as like paying per minute at this point because I'm like, yes, <laughs> I paid over $300 for that ticket to see Taylor Swift in New York or New Jersey. And like, it was a three and a half hour show. So mm-hmm, maybe $2 mm-hmm, per minute, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's um, fine. We round down, we round up, whatever. Are we you going to go with them to Rolling Stones? No, because I don't no. really care that much. Yeah, so right. he already texted my brother and was like, do you want to come? My brother, I think has already purchased a train ticket oh, to come up from they're Baltimore. Ready. They're but done. I do want to make sure. I don't know if my brother listens to the podcast. I may send him this episode. Mm. I think Nick kind of made it sound like it was our treat. <laughs> oh. I would like my brother to pay me back for his ticket. I, yeah, FYI, FYI, Venmo, Brooke, at... I procured the tickets. I am not buying your oh, ticket. Speaking of, I just texted you last night to say, oh my God, I never paid you for Indigo Girls paying you now and then never paid you then. Oh, <laughs> it's fine. Did I notice? No. Because at this stage, I'm just like, it's fine. I, I know where you live. I will, right. I will get the money somehow. You've provided enough perfect bar to me in, in the life great, of well, this podcast. Great. Then we'll just call it even. Great. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> but like, not no, calling it even that. with, well, Indigo Girls cost a bit less than the Rolling Stones. But <laughs> anyway, so, but yeah, Nick was like, you know, an hour later, he's like, thank you for doing that. Like I wouldn't have done that for myself. And I was like, listen, tickets to a show, especially tickets to the Rolling Stones. Like if we are poor, by June, when the show comes around, we can sell the tickets. Like Correct. I'm not, I'm not concerned about not being able to recoup that money if we were in dire circumstances. Correct. But I'm also like, they're your favorite band ever. This is absolutely your last chance to see them, at least you know, yeah. maybe while, like while they're standing up and Mick Jagger can right. still do his Mick Jagger thing. So anyway, but like. Paige has gotten really into Dancing with the Stars this season. And really? Dancing with the Stars is going on tour. They're coming to Lancaster oh. in January. And, you oh. know, like, it's really hard for me to leave my house in January and left unless I have something to look forward to. So I'm looking at that. That one I think I'm going to wait until, like, the day yeah. before and see what, what StubHub has to offer. But, uh, okay. okay, yeah, you know. Oh, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, this weekend. Here's do everybody do your future self a favor if you okay. are a fan of Broadway and or Sarah Bareilles. The Broadway musical Waitress, which Sarah Bareilles yes. wrote and performs the the lead role, it is in movie theaters this weekend only. Oh. For 5 days from Thursday to Sunday or Monday, I think. Mm-hmm. And you can, so it's limited. Like I looked there's maybe two or three theaters driving distance from here that okay. it's playing this weekend, but I'm going to try to go. And mm-hmm. it's an incredible opportunity to see a Broadway show on a movie screen for much less. And it's something that, um, like I I've seen one other show, I think it was called bandstand years ago. I was one of those took myself to the movies. Um, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. love, I love a solo movie date, but, uh, yeah, so I'm going to do that this weekend. I'm just like all the tickets, all the things I need. Give me the tickets. I need the constant creative inspiration of people who can sing. Cause I can't as well. Right. And, right. Know, so it's just like, just, just pile it on. 
Yeah. Oh my Bring God. Tickets. Oh my God. Okay. I did that with um, Pink Floyd a few years ago because mm-hmm. Fernando's a huge fan of Pink Floyd and they came and it was kind of like once in a lifetime type concert. And Pink Floyd concerts are insane because they're literally building the wall during the concert and oh, then wow. they're breaking the wall down. And they have these huge puppets that um, move throughout the audience. And mm. the, it's very, um, it's kind of Taylor Swift esque in the sense of like, it's like a theater production, a lot of what you're seeing. And I think I spent something like, the puppets are creepy. I mean, Pink Floyd has creepy music. Mm -hmm. I like Pink Floyd too, though. So I was happy to go with him. And I think each ticket was something like $400 or something. And he was, but he was so, I mean, it was like such a once in a lifetime. I'm I'm so happy that we did it. Good. Yeah. Well, look at you. All the things, you know, again, like we discussed uh, (laughs) when, you know, I'm apparently going to London this summer to see Taylor Swift. You're apparently going to Mallorca. Yeah. We'll figure out how to pay for it. We are absolutely We're still pre-rich, but I think 2024 is going to be our year, so. And it's crazy because I keep getting signs. Like, I'm still getting the old Philadelphia magazine subscription from the person that lived here before us. Oh, interesting. And I don't know how, though, because don't you have to renew your magazine subscriptions every year? And we've lived here for two and a half years now. Anyhow. They just don't realize. I just happened to be reading this one article about this woman, and it was just about, like, how her husband has retired and... She hasn't, and she's a bit of a workaholic, but maybe she should be ra- relaxing more. And then all of a sudden, like literally the day or day after I bu- booked the Mallorca trip, she was like, I mean, maybe I should be going to Mallorca. She was like, where is Mallorca? But I feel like I should go there. And I was like, what in the world? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Those when have I ever picked up, just randomly picked up some article and then the woman's talking about Mallorca, which means I absolutely should go. Right. Definitely. It was further justification. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Gonna figure it out. And so I started Googling Mallorca the other day. <sighs> gorgeous it's gonna be great when you get there and pay for it (laughs) i'm gonna be going on a rowboat i'll be so broke but that's all right it's fine yeah anyway you can get there yeah as long as i get there i gotta be there by may 25th or something like that so i figure if i set if i set sail (laughs) my rowboat maybe mid-march pack a lot of perfect bars (laughs) for that journey yeah yeah you can okay. Write a keynote about that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, let's let's see. let's take a little break and we'll come back. Our main topic today is a doozy. It's a little bit of a diversion from this conversation. Oh yeah. But I'm looking forward to it. Okay. We'll be back. Hey, friend. Amanda here. I've got some questions for you. Do you have thousands of emails in your inbox and they just keep coming? Are all of your passwords your dog's name, 1234? Have your photos not seen the light of day since you took them? If this sounds familiar, I'm here to help. You probably know that I've been helping people declutter and organize their physical spaces for years, but there was an elephant in the room that we weren't tackling, their digital life. With tech constantly changing, it feels harder than ever to stay on top of things. Whether you're an elder millennial, a scrappy Gen Xer like me, or an older adult who would rather have a root canal than try to figure out all this tech stuff. Well, you are in luck, my friends, because I've launched a brand new service helping people to organize and declutter their digital lives. Whether it's your overflowing email inbox or your confusing photos or cluttered files, I can help you sort it out. And there is no one-size-fits-all solution. We are going to focus on what you need. Think of me as your semi-bossy, yet fun, tech-loving cheerleader and guide. And I've got a special deal just for listeners. All you have to do is go to indigoorganizing.com slash digital and enter code listener at checkout. It's time to say goodbye to that overflowing inbox and confusing apps. I've got you, my friend. We're back, Amanda. We are back. We are going to dive into a topic that, you know, is a little bit more on like the serious side for serious, us. Serious. It can be a little sensitive. Um, can be mm-hmm. a little controversial. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna, yeah, yeah, we're gonna navigate those waters. Yes. Yeah. So what we're going to talk about today is alcohol. Yeah, burrs. 
Yepers, so much to say about it. I have had my own personal journey that I'm excited to share today because I feel like every time I do, people reach out to me and want to know more yeah. or yeah. Um, relate to it. So it's I'm excited to kind of d- dive deeper into that. Yeah. I mean, you have mentioned, I think a little bit here and there on the podcast that, you know, you stopped drinking five or six years ago. Um, do you want to take us back and, and kind of take us to the beginning? Yes. Let me take you through my journey. So Yes, I made the decision when I was about 40. It was when I was 40 to stop drinking. And really it had kind of been that alcohol had always been for me. I was a social drinker, but I was very social. (laughs) (laughs) So I look back now, you know, and like I was in college and I was at University of Maryland College Park huge party scene. I was a big partier. I have no idea, Brooke, how I was a straight A student partying as much as I did. We all had a different stamina in college. But let us just let that be another example of just how awesome I am that I can drink like crazy and get straight A's. Okay. Uh, Yes. (laughs) So, um, then, you know, I, after college, I was living in DC in my twenties and like the partying just continued. Like everybody that I was around, it was just like happy hours after work and clubs on the weekends. And we were all very, very social. Yeah. And I actually had Isabel later in life. I didn't have her until I was 35. So the socializing continued, you know, Mm -hmm. even through the early 30s. And our friends in Chile were, you know, very social drinkers, the people that we spent time with here. It was like just everything that we did revolved around a bottle of wine or a bunch of beers or if we're going to watch the game, like everything had alcohol included in it. And looking back now, I realize, you know, it's only kind of been later in life that I realized, like, I'm an introvert. And I think a lot of that was social lubrication. Like, I did, it did help me loosen up. It helped me have more fun. It helped me just relax. Like, it's completely socially inappropriate now to think about that Friends episode about, like, fun Bobby. (laughs) But, like, that's what I kind of felt like. Like, I'm fun Bobby. And if I stop drinking, I'm not going to be fun Bobby anymore. And like the idea of like a wedding without alcohol or something was like, that felt like hell on earth to me. Like I couldn't even imagine. Mm. So then, you know, then I had Isabel and after all the breastfeeding and pregnancy and everything was done, I, alcohol more became, it wasn't so much a partying thing, but it became like a way to relax. Yeah. But what happens a lot with alcohol and what I'm learning a lot more as I'm just read this new book that I'll talk more about by Annie Grace, is that my uh, tolerance level was getting so high that it was requiring enormous amount of alcohol for me to get that feeling that I wanted. Yeah. That relaxed feeling. That buzz. That little buzz of just like, ah, you know, kind of like taking the edge off. And I just found that like, oh my God, like it's a Tuesday night. I've had four glasses of wine. Mm. If Isabel had some sort of emergency or something, I literally wouldn't be able to drive her to the emergency room. And so it was a night after my friend's 40th birthday where I had been desperately trying to bring drink terrible red wine at this party the whole night just to feel something. Yeah. That the next morning I woke up and was like, I'm done. Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. Because I had tried all of the, okay, I'm only going to drink on weekends. Mm -hmm. I'm only going to drink when I go out. I'm only going to have one glass of wine with dinner. And the energy to create these rules, to constantly find loopholes in the rules, was just completely draining. So, like, a lot like Gretchen Rubin says, um, it's easier sometimes to abstain than it is to moderate. Mm. So I'm going to wrap this up in a second. It's okay. Basically, then I, I had never identified as an alcoholic or anything like that. Didn't go to AA, but just knew that I didn't. I had a problematic relationship with alcohol. It was the time that I was starting my business, mm. and I knew I needed clarity. I didn't want to be so foggy, um, and so you know, I didn't know if it was going to be a decision forever. But it was a decision that made a lot of sense then. So fast forward six years, and it was wonderful. I actually really enjoyed not drinking. I had all of that energy that I was looking for. 
Everybody in my life was super used to the fact that I wasn't drinking. Yeah. Yeah. You but were I, very, sorry, can I jump in for a second? Yeah, yeah, please. You were very clear and helpful in that you didn't, you didn't brush it aside when you were offered a drink and just say, oh no, I'm not drinking, whatever. Like you, outside of a social situation, you texted our little friend group yes. and said, I made this decision. Yes. I'm not going to be drinking anymore. I appreciate your support. Like it was very straightforward. So it took that wonder out of the equation for your friends. And it, you set that clear boundary. Like I will not be drinking. I appreciate your support. Yes. With that undertone of if you're not going to be supportive, you know, like which wouldn't happen with our friends because we were supportive of you. But I, I thought that that was very admirable and we appreciated how clear it was. Yeah. And for me, it was also the accountability of like, I've said this, Mm -hmm. so then I can't just like show up next weekend and order a glass of wine. Right. You know, like I'm saying this out loud and I did, I think that very same day I told Fernando, I was like, I'm never, I'm I'm not drinking. I don't know if I said I'm never, I think I did probably say I'm never drinking again. I texted like several different friend groups. um, And yeah. And at, people were so supportive. I remember like whenever we would have a celebration, you guys would hand me the champagne glass and somebody would have already thought of buy, buying like the sparkling wine or yeah. the sparkling water or whatever it was, you know? So p- I felt very taken care of. Definitely had several, many awkward times where people judged me for not drinking or made inappropriate comments. And, you know, those right. stories are, yeah. But, um, this year, fast forward six years to this year, we were getting ready to go to our trip to Chile. You know, the past couple of years have been stressful with COVID and with mm-hmm. loss and cohabitation in different ways, you know, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing with other family members. And so, like, I was like, you know, it's been six years. The business is settled. Like, could I drink again? Like, could I be like a quote unquote normal person and Mm -hmm. have a glass of wine? Like I've always admired people like you. And I'm so like interested to hear your perspective that are like, we'll have a glass of wine and be like, oh, I'm good. That was lovely. Like, I don't even understand that concept. Mm. So I was like, could I be like that? And in the beginning it was, and then the slippery slope began. Yeah. And I just, luckily, when I made the decision to try again, I said to myself, I'm going to treat this like an experiment. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to judge myself. I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to see, like, let's see. Let's see how this goes. And then so, you know, basically, I don't know. I I don't know how long it's been, maybe a month or two that I was like, okay, this is what we've learned from the, the experiment. Yes. No, I cannot drink. And one of the things that really helped me in that process was reading this book by Annie Grace called The Naked Mind. And I really encourage anybody that's thinking about cutting back or eliminating entirely reading that book, because for me, it just flipped a switch Mm. where I was like, okay, good. We're done. We're done here. And we don't miss it. We're happy. It's behind us. Awesome. Is the book specifically about giving up alcohol or is it about any addiction or not? And I apologize. Yeah. Not addiction necessarily. Dependency. Okay. Yeah. But it is specifically based on alcohol. Yes. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's very open and vulnerable about her own, um, you know, journey and history. And it's really about what I loved about it was it was about this idea of like the subconscious versus the conscious. Yeah. Like consciously we're like, I'm not going to drink anymore. But then subconsciously because of all of the messages that have been fed to us by society, mm-hmm. it's like, yes, you do. You want to drink because it relaxes you. And so it's like, it's so difficult to win out when just the conscious is trying to battle the subconscious because the subconscious is all, all, going to kind of all always win. Mm-hmm. So she really works at sort of deconstructing all of those subconscious messages that are feeding your desire to drink and pulling all those apart and sort of myth busting a lot of those things. And by the end, it feels almost like a ridiculous thing to drink. Yeah. Which was what I needed. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be like, oh, I can never have alcohol again. I'm missing out on all the fun. I don't feel like I'm missing out on the fun. Right. But you also don't feel like, oh, maybe I'll try this experiment again someday. Like you you kind of, you feel like you got your answer. Got my answer. Yeah. Okay. 
So that's where we are now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really important story to tell um, because there are so many different ways to have a relationship with alcohol and some of us have a healthier relationship. Some of us don't, some of us have family history, you know, it's, it's very complicated. Yes. Um, you know, I've lost family members because of alcoholism. Mm. Uh, my mom's 2004 car accident that traumatized me, um, and her and, mm. you know, took a lot of recovery, uh, physically and emotionally was due to a drunk driver. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I... And just, can I just say something about that really quickly yeah. that I learned about in this book, Brooke, that's terrifying, is that statistics say that on weeknights and weekends, one out of 10 drivers on the road are drunk. I believe it. Isn't that insane? It's insane. Yeah. And then I add, believe it. And then add texting. Oh, my gosh. Oh, don't even get me started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Yeah. I mean, there's enough distractions and the last thing we need is to be impaired by alcohol. So if you do drink, please don't drive. Like I have zero patience and tolerance. Um, that's probably a whole other episode, but yeah, yeah, I, so I mean, I guess my relationship to alcohol, like I never, I didn't drink in high school, which, Mm. you know, obviously it's not legal till we're 21 here, (laughs) but you like a lot of people did. Mm -hmm. And it was very difficult for me socially at that age Mm. to say, no, I don't do this. And I missed out on a lot because of that at that age. So then I went to college and, you know, we all dabbled and experimented, um, you know, had my Boone's farm. (laughs) Pretty drink kind of girl. Did you drink Zima? Haven't changed much. No, I don't think I ever had Zima. (laughs) But, um, you know, so definitely experimented with the social drinking. Uh, like you said, I went to the University of Delaware, which was probably equal or uh, a greater party school even than the University of Maryland. Think you, I think they're both on the same level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, and, and definitely had more of the same experience in my 20s. I think... Um, after having kids, I drank a lot less just because we were going out less. And Mm. I don't know if my body chemistry changed. I really, Nick and I used to be beer drinkers. We used to go to the local craft brewery. Um, after Mm. having kids, like I swore I could not drink beer anymore. Like I felt sick. So I just naturally kind of drank less. Um, I did drink socially and I do still, but I, I can go a month without having a drink and I don't even notice. So it it was never as prominent in my life. Um, and you can have one, right? Like when you have, when you have one, do you think like, Oh, I'd really, really, really like to have another one or you don't Mm -hmm. No, See, that's so funny. I can't even understand that. A lot of times I know, okay, if I have two, I might have a little headache tomorrow. Uh-huh. I'm definitely not having three. Like uh-huh. I just, I don't, I can't tell you the last time I had more than two drinks in a sitting right. Right. Um, or at an event or anything. Um, and so, yes, I'm totally fine just having one and mm-hmm. I genuinely can't have more than two drinks and not feel like crap the next day. So that's, you know, part of what, Mm -hmm. uh, keeps me. And I just, I just don't care that much. Um, but I think it is such a personal thing. And so that's, you know, that's why we're talking about it today. We're not, we're not shaming, we're not judging, but we are pointing out that it, it can be problematic for some people. And it's important to take a look at our relationship. Like with alcohol, like if someone said to me, you can never drink again, I'd be like, okay, fine. It really doesn't make any difference to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have noticed so more, and I think this is in large part to you being one of my first friends who like came out and said, I am choosing not to drink anymore. I didn't feel like my relationship with alcohol was healthy. Mm-hmm. I need your support. You know, hearing that from a friend was mm-hmm. important, and I have become so much more aware of this mommy wine culture. Oh, yeah. And again, not shaming anyone, not saying that it can't sometimes be a little tongue in cheek and funny, but it can become problematic when people are talking about having that nightly glass or bottle of wine to 
survive parenthood. Yes, right. parenthood can be hard. Yeah. Um, we all have those moments that I'm like, uh, yeah, I need something to get through this night. Mm-hmm. But I would bet that there is a large population of mothers in particular who maybe have more of a toxic relationship with alcohol than they would like to admit because society has made something fun out of mommy wine culture. This, you know, the giant wine glasses that say like you know, mo- like what kind mom, of day mom it was. juice or whatever. Right. Yeah. Mommy juice. Um, it has the lines on what kind right. of day it was, how much wine you need. And, um, and I, I got a lot of pushback from moms who were like, what? I don't, I don't think you have a problem. Like yeah. they'd be like a couple of glasses of wine a night. Like that's what I do. You know, like, I don't think you have a problem. And, and it would, and I would say, listen, like totally personal choice. Like Maybe that might not be a problem for you, but for me it was, you know, and I, but I think that a lot of moms reacted negatively to that because they were like, does that mean that I have a problem? Right. Or they felt like you were judging them for drinking. Right. It's really funny. That's like, it, it, um, it's so common for me to tell people that I don't drink and then they will tell me how much they drink. Hmm. Like they'll start explaining themselves to me. And it's so funny. I'm like, no, it's okay. Like they'll be like, oh, I'll be like, oh, no, thanks. I don't drink. And they'll be like, you know, I really don't either, but I'll just have like, (laughs) like, you know, and I'm like, okay, like, cool. Yeah. You don't have to justify, but also, (laughs) yeah. I mean, and, but I, what I find so interesting is that being sober curious has also become a little bit more of a trend, like people giving up drinking without saying I need to go to AA. I need like, I have a drinking problem. It's, it's just, it's, okay to be curious about something without thinking it is the overarching problem in your life. So I find it so interesting that it's these two dichotomies that are really up against each other. Like the mommy wine culture is still very much there or just booze culture Mm -hmm. in general. There's, you know, the people that are really into micro brews or wineries and they're not drinking to get a buzz or get drunk. They're drinking because they're interested in the taste. So there's, there's so many different sides of it. Um, but I just think it's it's also often assumed that people drink. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, it requires an explanation. Mm-hmm. And I find that really interesting. Yeah. After reading this book um, and seeing how our culture talks to us about alcohol, it's so fascinating. I mean, even just watching the morning show the other day, um, you know, it was like Jennifer Aniston was... She like just had like a really stressful moment. She's like, I need a drink. And so she like chugs whatever uh, shot of something, you know, it's like, and then she like exhales and is like, I feel so much better. It's like this magic elixir. But what was so fascinating about what I was learning about is that like a lot of times the solution is actually the problem. Right. So for me, it was like the solution was drink alcohol to relax. But what I wasn't really realizing was that putting that substance, that chemical in my body was actually triggering all of these other chain reactions that was making it a lot harder to do all of the other things in my life. And therefore I needed more alcohol to get through those things in my life. And then the vicious cycle yeah. repeats. It's kind of like, I read a very similar book when I actually quit smoking. Cause I smoked, mm. you know, Oh, did you know this about me? I don't think I knew that you smoked. So I was very social social-ish. and I was a smoker. I was a social smoker, but I was very social. And we, all of my DC friends and I ended up reading the same book. It was like called like Alan Carr's the easy way to stop smoking mm. to this day. I want to have, you know, I, I feel passionate about my co- my Costco, band-aid incident yes. where I loved giving a band-aid to somebody in Costco. I want to have his like, life. I saved his life. He was, he was bleeding ble- out. As you remember, he was bleeding out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I want to have like 20 of these books, like how to stop smoking in the back of my trunk. So I can be like handing them out to strangers probably will get punched, but like, yeah. whatever. Anybody you see lighting up, be like, I don't know you, but you need to read this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that, I do sort of want to do that. But anyway, like they talked about how like, you know, you want a cigarette because the nicotine is telling you that it's time for a cigarette, but it's right. the nicotine that's telling you. It's, he, they, he said it's basically the equivalent 
of wearing uncomfortable shoes only to experience the joy of taking them off. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. And so that to me was like a big aha moment of like, oh, alcohol isn't solving a problem. It is the problem. Yeah. For me. So totally recommend if you're even the slightest bit curious about this, reading Annie Grace's book. I love it because she's super open about her own journey. And she even says, drink the whole time you're reading this book. I don't care. You know, but mm-hmm. like she feels very strongly that the method and the the way that she's communicating the information will absolutely help you make a big change. Yeah. And so if it's something that you're even remotely curious about, totally recommend this book. Yeah. And it's funny, like I'm not curious about it, so I'm not going to read it. But at the same time, I just, I do look at the world of alcohol and social drinking and everything very differently, um, because of your experience, because of family experience. And, um, one thing that I have noticed so much in the last couple of years, I think, I feel like this is due to Yeti coolers being really popular. <laughs> like they're a very coveted item. I don't mm-hmm. know. We don't have mm-hmm. a Yeti, mm-hmm. but I have noticed for a lot of like kids sports fundraisers. Yes. You enter a raffle to win a cooler full of cheer. That's -hmm. what it's called generally Mm -hmm. around here. I don't know if this is common everywhere, but I have noticed this and it's a Yeti cooler Mm -hmm. filled with bottles of liquor. Yeah. And we had one of those at the cheer competition at the 50-50 raffle the other day. And it was the only item in the raffle. And again, like, I'm not saying that that should be abolished. I'm not judging whoever decided to make that raffle because- guess what? I'm sure they make a ton of money off of it I'm because sure it they're a popular who, item. Yeah. They're like, Ooh, $5 raffle. That's a, that's three grand worth of alcohol. Who knows? But I find it so fascinating that that has become so commonplace. Like you said, that was the only raffle for cheerleading. I think it was one of our only for us, a sports organization around us as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so you're automatically excluding people who don't want to, or can't drink for whatever reason. Um, it's also, you're tying it in with a children's organization. Right. Like the MC at this event was like, oh my gosh, guys, like whoever gets this is going to be having a blast. And you know, you're announcing that in front of like a bunch of like 10 and 11 year olds. So that's communicating the message to them. Oh, alcohol is fun. Right. Adults love alcohol. Alcohol is fun. Yeah. And that is definitely something that I should try. Yeah. It's so, (laughs) like, I I get that these fundraisers are geared towards the parents who have the money to put in the money for the 50-50 or the raffle, but it's like, it's just, just take a step back and look at that. Right. Right. And tell me if that feels normal. Are we, right. Is American society the only society that does that? You know, I know that there's a lot of stereotypes about different different cultures and like, oh, in Ireland, it's beers. In, in Italy or France, it's wine. In those cultures where alcohol might be more commonplace, maybe getting drunk is less commonplace or assumed than American culture. I don't know. I'm... Yeah. I don't, I don't know for sure. I'm saying these are the questions that have come up for me as I have seen alcohol through a different lens in adulthood. Yeah. I so mean, it's just fascinating. But I know. Um, I know we're running long here, but I just want to, I have to tell my one story of one of my alcohol moments that it just boggled my mind. So I was at a, and maybe I've told this on the podcast before. Have I told the, about the yoga, yoga and wine tasting event? Have no. I said, okay. I don't think so. So it was sort of this, te- this was really soon after I had quit drinking, the, you know, back when I was 40. And I was still a little bit in my vulnerable, sensitive time of like, I wasn't really sure like how I was telling people that I didn't drink and like being around it was like a little iffy. And like the smell of red wine was still like, you know, and I went to this um, team building event that was sort of a required thing for what I was doing at the time. And it was yoga and then a wine tasting after in the yoga studio. 
And I was like, you know, it should be fine. It should be fine. Should be fine. <laughs> should be fine. Um, and I managed to connect with a couple of people during the yoga that were like, oh, yeah, I don't drink either. But like, I'm sure they'll have like alternative beverages for us. It'll be lovely. They did not have alternative beverages for us. So it's it's it was like basically like 25 of us sitting around in a circle post-yoga. They have the little stand, table in front where they're talking about the, the wine and everything. How many glasses do we need? Let's pass around the glasses. And I'm like, oh, I'll have a wine glass, but I'll just take, you know, whatever else you have. And they're like, we don't have anything else. And I was like, a sparkling water? No. Um, a bottle of water? They were like... You can purchase bottles of water in the lobby. Hmm. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. So me and like the three other people who didn't drink took our wine glasses into the yoga studio's bathroom and filled our glasses up with water and came back. Now, the people that are giving the presentation then proceed to say things to us like, are you sure you don't want to just smell it? Even if you can't drink it. It still has a lovely smell, and I feel like if you smell it, you'll be able to participate a little bit more in what I'm, we're talking about. I'm like, are you out of your mind? Yeah. Like, yeah, the for assumptions. All you know, yeah. For all you know, I am like a raging alcoholic about to like be a victim. Like, who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you don't know. Just smell it. So like the gall of like... Just it's a different time now because I feel like now people have the gluten free options and vegetarian and vegan. And I feel like there's a lot more understanding of, oh, not everyone eats a certain way or not everyone drinks. But it was just they were shocked. And I was like, wow, I think I even sent an email to them. I was like, if you're going to run a company that does this, you have a responsibility to be aware that there will be people in your groups that are not going to drink, you need to have an alternative for them and you need to make them feel welcome. And, you know, I was, I was like, whoa. Yeah. It's such a strange, again, it's that assumption that. And you might say like, well, why did you go to a wine tasting? I didn't just go to a wine tasting. It was this team building event that this team that I was a part of was having. Yeah. That I was required to attend. Right. And so I went to the yoga, which was lovely. And the whole time we're doing yoga, they're like, just one more downward dog, ladies. We're almost at Chardonnay. Oh. Yeah. It's so strange. It's so yeah. strange. It's, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anywho. Anywho. So I listeners, think... you know, please feel free to reach out to us. I know a lot of times when you leave voicemails, we'll play them or if you leave, but don't feel like we are going to. Like you can send us a message, you can send us a text, you can send us a voicemail and be very clear if you'd rather not that not be shared, but if you just really want to like share your own perspective or story, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, and if this gave you any insight into just looking at things through a different lens again yeah. that's 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 mostly what it has has done for me yes um, yeah. and the last thing that i will say is when people would reach out to me and ask me about this i always said to them and it's kind of counterintuitive because you would think i'd be like oh just stop drinking immediately i was like take your time yeah this is step 1 where you're like huh is this an issue that I should be thinking about? And like, I took my time. I listened to Tiffany Hahn and her podcast because she was very open at that time about quitting drinking. I took my time. I took my time to feel like it was the right thing for me. And I, you know, so it's like, take your time. It's okay. Like just. You did your research like Amanda does. I took 17 courses. No, (laughs) (laughs) it's probably like one thing in my life. I I read a lot of books, listened to a lot of podcasts, but didn't take a course on this. Okay. Miraculously. Sure you will if one pops up. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. No, well, thank you for sharing your story. I know that it's, you know, it is personal. So I and I think our listeners will appreciate it. And um, yeah, I appreciate you. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for giving me the chance to share the story. And when we come back, we'll probably be talking about like rain boots and spackle. I mean, (laughs) rain boots and spackle. And why? So stay tuned for that episode. Okay. We'll be back. Bye. Bye. 
Brooke, I will never forget the moment when I received the email that Marie Kondo was going to start training consultants. I could not sign up fast enough. That was seven years ago, and it's been an amazing adventure ever since. Now our listeners can put their passion to work by becoming certified KonMari consultants too. While courses have wrapped for 2023, new course dates and offerings are in the works for 2024 and beyond. The best way to stay in the know is by signing up for the Consultant Program Newsletter. Be the first to hear about new course dates, what to expect when you join the program, updates on consultants and instructors, they might even get me as an instructor, Brooke, and more. Head over to KonMari.is slash goodenoughish to sign up and stay connected to all things consulting. That's KonMari.is slash goodenoughish for more details. Get ready to spark joy while living your best life as a KonMari consultant. We're back, Amanda. We're back to talk about rain boots and spackle. (laughs) Not rain boots and spackle, but any day you want to talk about those things, I'll let you do some research and come back with everything you found because you always enlighten me. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay. I have no idea what this means, what you've written here about what is sparking joy for you right now. So please tell me. Okay. Amanda, this is an incredible tool that anyone can use. And it is very timely right now if you are sending holiday gifts to loved ones afar. Okay. Okay. It's called pirateship.com. It's not, actually doesn't have anything to do with pirates. Okay. But it is a way to save up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. Okay. Okay. You sign up to pirateship.com, which is full of puns. It's delightful. (laughs) And you create a free account. It it will never cost you money. Okay. Ever. I mean, except to pay for the actual shipping, but it's a free account. And you can go in and type in the address that you were shipping to. You do need to know the size of your box, um, the weight of it. If you're not doing like a priority, if it fits, it ships. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. You put in those details and you click and it will tell you the discounted shipping rates for USPS and UPS. Okay. Based on like if you were a business shipping bulk. And it will tell you, you know, your different options and it'll give you the best price. I suggested this to a friend last week who mentioned that she was shipping gifts to nieces and nephews before the holidays. I said, oh, have you used Pirate Ship? She was still going to the post office or the UPS store to print out labels or to give them the address and like do it manually. If you do that, you will always get the highest price. If you go through Pirate Ship, you will get discounted rates. She so then you said, print the label out and you, you put print it on your package and at you home. put it on your package. So you do need some sort of scale. It could okay. be a luggage scale. It could, I happen to have like a mail, a postal service scale for my business, but like, you don't have to have that. Yeah. And the best part is that then if you do USPS, you can always schedule a pickup. So you don't even have mm-hmm, to go to the mm-hmm, post office to pick mm-hmm, up this mm-hmm. once, once it is, um, once it's paid for and it has the label on it, you don't have to interact with a human. Um, you can go to the UPS store, the UPS Dropbox, depending on the size of your package. Um, and this is good and deliver it. It's good. So my friend the other day that I recommended it to, she said, Brooke, I just spent $29 to mail these two boxes. And the one alone would have been $48 originally without pirate ship. Oh my god. So everybody needs to use this. It's a huge joy sparker and a future self-favor whatever. Well, yep, 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 a yep, yep. crossover there. It's delightful. And you I get feel some like why haven't we thought about it. this before? Because for example, it's kind of like walking into an airport and being like, Hi, can I have a ticket to Chicago? Right. Like I'm sure they'd be like nine thousand right. dollars. Nobody would does that. Like now you get on, you do like because that's like why 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 is why is this nothing? I know. And it's it compares the rates for you so you don't have to do your separate research. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. If you're just sending one here or there, if you sell stuff on eBay or Etsy. Yes. Etsy, yes. Or Facebook Marketplace and you're shipping to people, this is the way to go. Game changer. Joyce Barker. I'm like, I'm like in shock. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait to try it. Okay. 
All right, all good. Right. Let mm-hmm. me know how it goes. Let me know all the puns that you encounter. <laughs> Are you shipping a package today? <laughs> it's great. It's amazing. Um, so like good. it says right here on the homepage, software so easy to use, a one-eyed pirate could do it. It's great. Good times. Those marketing folks, I always like want to picture like that them in a room. Like, what if we did this? What I know. if we did this? I, mean, I know. Got to make it fun. Anyway, yeah. that's what's sparking joy for me. Amanda, how are you doing your future self a favor? Okay, this is not something that I have done successfully, but I am putting it out there that I would like to do this, okay. which is every single time I talk to any or hear from any sort of professional de- or personal development self-help person, they're always telling me, get your phone out of the bedroom. Yep. So it's one of those shoulds. I know I should I should eat more vegetables. I should exercise. I should not have my phone in the bedroom. But I'm really going to try this because having the phone in my bedroom prevents me from reading at night. Mm-hmm. And it means that I check voice, everything, voicemail, who leaves voicemails? I check <laughs> emails and everything first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. So my office is right here next to my bedroom. So I think what I'm going to try to do is charge my phone at night in my office. And I may even still use the alarm on it because I would like the added perk of having to get out of bed and get to my phone. Mm. But like I am finding that I've been playing this game. We haven't talked about this yet. Have you heard about this game 2048? No. I played this game and I'm super addicted to it. And I, it takes a long time to win. It could take like 45 minutes to win. Oh, that's too much. That's why I don't like games. Correct. And so like I, from, you know, 1030 to 1115, 1130 could be playing this stupid game (laughs) in bed when I could be reading like a really relaxing novel or whatever. And I do find that I check my phone or the news or whatever first thing in the morning. No bueno. No. So I am going to experiment with this. Okay. It's an experiment. It is an experiment. Okay. Because I think it's just, a, it's a habit I have. It's a bad habit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's my habit too. And uh, I'll be honest, I'm probably not going to break it. Yeah. Um, my phone is also my alarm. I will say I do look at it in the morning, but I don't look at my email. I have separated myself enough from my work email and like my clients know my boundaries right that they're not to hear from me until the hours of between 9 a.m and 5 or 6 p.m i feel like you what you have a good reading at night habit i do so that has short-circuited any of the you know what i mean so that so i'm actually if you think about i'm trying to create a reading at night habit sort of thing because i don't have that habit right now um but i find that and I think you also really prioritize sleep. Like you really need a certain amount of sleep. Yeah. But I do that sort of revenge staying up late because because everyone keeps speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And because everyone around here goes to bed super late, then I find myself revenge staying up yeah. late because so that's what yeah, I, need to I will say in the bud. Once I put my phone on the charger and open my Kindle that is no more phone time um, for the most part, unless I get so mad at myself and I'm like, Oh, I forgot to set an alarm for that thing. And then I have to look at my phone because I know that the light is just, it's like Mm -hmm. sucking me in. So even if I don't look at it long, I feel like maybe it's just psychological, but I'm like, I swear that that is affecting my ability to fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. But no, but I do try to like, I read my Kindle. I read on my Kindle once I am done. Like once I just feel like I can't keep my eyes open anymore, I close that Kindle and I roll over and go yes. to sleep. So yeah, I so wish you luck. Say, thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Well, this was an enlightening episode. We did not talk about, what did you say? Rain boots and spackle? No. Nope. No, we didn't. Although no. I will say that I hired a handyman the other day to um, do some spackling for me and he showed up without spackle. Oh, sir. And I was like, yeah, there was basically one tool that you needed, <laughs> one one material yeah. that was essential to the job. And he was like, do you have spackle? Oh. And I was like, what? 
You didn't bring the spackle? Mm, he won't be back, Willie. No. 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 Sorry about that. Yeah, it's kind of, if you're if you're there for a spackle job, you might want to bring the spackle. It's not like paint or something. Well, even paint, like a lot of painters go and get the paint, but like that needs to be communicated beforehand. I like, never would have imagined house, I had to been you like, you are going to bring the spackle, right? I never would have imagined that I had to been like, oh, by the way, can you bring the spackle? Yeah. No, that was on him for sure to let you know. Yeah. So I told you we talk about spackle. Um, okay. All right. Well, this was wide ranging. It was so wide. Yes. And enjoyable. Please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your stories, your perspectives. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Good Enough-ish. We will be back each week with new topics, stories, tips, and personal experiences, as well as some good old friendly banter and lots of laughter. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish. Email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498 with questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes. Thanks for listening. Bye.